The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And on today's show, I thought that what we would do is discuss the remarks from New York Giants co-owners John Mara and Steve Tisch at the NFL owners meetings, Amara and Tish were both uh, asked at the at the meetings about the Odell Beckham trade, about Eli Manning, about the plan that the Giants have or don't have for their future, and about the likelihood of drafting a quarterback in the first round of the upcoming 2019 NFL draft. So I thought that what I would do I will sort of parse some of these comments for you. I may actually read a couple of the comments directly, uh, and then we will go through them with some of uh, some of my takes on some of what uh, what Mara and Tish had to say about all of the things going on with your New York Giants at the moment. Let's start with uh, with the idea. Uh, we'll start with the Beckham trade. And uh, both Mara and Tish said at the owners' meetings that this was a difficult thing for them to do. Mara said he gave it his reluctant approval. Tish said that this was perhaps this was one of the, the most difficult decisions that he had been involved in with the Giants in years, that it was a very difficult decision. Um said the exact quote is one of the toughest we have had to make in a long time in many many years this was not a situation you know my take on this whole thing is this was not a situation where ownership felt forced to move on from Odell Beckham this was a situation you know where you know Dave Gettleman has said this uh, now Shermer and Tish have both said this it, and I feel like uh, like I have also tried to say this. The reality of it is 
the Giants have been bad for a number of years now. They've made one playoff appearance in the in the time that Odell Beckham played for the Giants in those five seasons. They didn't win that single game. So and and I'm not blaming Odell Beckham for that. Please don't misconstrue that and and start emailing the Big Blue View inbox or hitting me up on Twitter at Big Blue View and saying you're blaming Odell Beckham for the Giants being bad. I'm not doing that. I'm simply stating the fact and the fact is that the Giants have not been a good football team, you know, for several years now. They had the one, you know, the one aberration, the one season when they did make the playoffs. But, you know, that's not what you would call sustained success. That, as I said, is an aberration. What the Giants believe they have to do here is get better. They believe they have to accumulate assets. They believe they have to, you know, make some moves. They need to fill multiple holes. What they believe they're they're trying to do here is use the... the, uh, the Beckham trade to acquire a number of players that they think can help them. You know, we will have to wait and see. Dave Gettleman said last week that you won't be able to judge whether they were right or wrong until sometime down the road when we see what assets they acquire with the, with uh, you know with the uh, with the Beckham trade. What they do with the seventeenth pick. What they do with the ninety five. 95th pick what kind of player Jabril Peppers turns out to be for the New York Giants and whether or not they they turn into a consistent winning franchise and you know John Maris said in his remarks on Sunday that we think that we will be better if we make the right decisions and that's what it comes down to for the New York Giants they understand they haven't been good enough. They can't continue down this road. They can't continue to put products on the field or they don't want to continue to put products on the field that are inadequate, that simply aren't good enough to be competitive year in and year out. They're trying to change that situation. Obviously, doing so by trading a player as popular as Odell Beckham, as good as Odell Beckham, was not something that they wanted to do, uh, but they felt that it was necessary to acquire more assets, you know, so that they had flexibility going forward to try and make this team better. Um, you know, Mara was also asked about. Uh, the idea um, that uh, of whether or not any of the off-field stuff with Beckham had played into it. And he said there were times that it did bother him and that it was a factor in the final decision, but it never got to the point where he told Dave Gettleman that Beckham simply had to go. He, he, he said... It was not to the point where it, you know, meaning the distractions or issues that Beckham brought into the building, it was not to the point where it was unmanageable. It was, however, a factor. It probably made it easier, you know, for the Giants to to move on from Beckham. But in the end, you know, I think that the Giants are sincere in their feeling that what they did was use one asset, one very, very valuable asset 
to try and acquire other assets, multiple other assets that would make them better. Obviously, as Mara indicated, you know, they have to make the right decisions going forward to prove that this was the proper thing to do. And we will have to wait and see, you know, what uh, what comes of those decisions. What happens with the 17th pick? What happens with the 95th pick? Do they package some picks and move around? Do they get quality players in this draft? Ultimately, within the next year or two, do they continue to improve? Does the on-field product without Beckham actually get better? Um, you know, it, it. I don't want to call it addition by subtraction. I've seen some people call it that. Football is, you know, what I want to say is football is not a game that's about one superstar. Football is about an entire 53-man roster. It takes the full team. It sometimes takes more than the full team. You get injuries. You have, you know, players who disappoint, who you move on from. It takes 53, 63, sometimes 65. Sometimes it takes contributions from 70 players to get through a full season and and to win football games. It's not necessarily about one player. So we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, But I did think that it was, you know, Mara and Steve Tisch pretty much towed the line that Gettleman had had, uh, established last week where they said they were trying to use one asset to acquire multiple assets that that will make them better. We'll just have to see um, if, uh, if that comes to fruition. The other thing that Mara said, I mean, he talked a little bit about how I think that that we all have to understand that John Mara has been in Odell Beckham's corner, you know, for years now, ever since the stuff happened with Josh Norman, ever, you know, all of the all of the off the field stuff, the the kicking net stuff, the the incident in Philadelphia with the the celebration with him peeing like a dog, you know, all of those things Mara has not been happy about some of those things, but he has always supported Beckham. He has always continued to say that he wanted Odell Beckham to be a giant for his entire career. And, you know, he admitted on Sunday when he spoke to reporters that this was difficult for him. He said it's not going to be easy to watch Odell Beckham play for the Cleveland Browns. He said that his grandsons cried when when he told them that they were trading Beckham. He said he has strong feelings about Beckham and that he felt like he had a really good relationship with him. So, you know, but he also said that that you can't allow sentiment to get in the way of what you think is the best decision for your football team and for your organization. The Giants believe that they made the best decision that they can make for their organization. Whether that turns out to be right or not depends on the decisions they make going forward from here. So, well, I keep saying it, um, you know, people keep wanting to, uh, to hammer Dave Gettleman, you know, for his moves to this point. But what I keep saying is, look, the, the general manager's job is to fix something that was broken when he was hired. The Giants were coming off a 3-13 and season. They were bad. 
They'd been bad for a long time. They still weren't good enough in 2018. They believe they made some progress, showed some signs. They believe the locker room culture improved dramatically, and I would agree with that. They think the talent improved in some levels of the team, and I would agree with that, although I think there is a very, very long way to go uh, in to get this roster where the Giants would like it to be. Um, but the Giants know that, that they have a lot of work yet to be done. It's not like they're tearing apart something that was functioning, something that was winning. They're not tearing apart a team that was consistently, you know, competing, you know, for championships. They're trying to get back to that level. And we will just see if they're able to do that. We they're in a situation with 12 draft picks this year with a lot of cap space heading into 2020 where this draft and next offseason and the next draft really are critical. I think those two drafts will tell us if Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer are going to be able to get this turned around for the Giants, and we just have to uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Um, I also you know wanted to mention that that John Mara also talked about the loss of Landon Collins, which I know also upset you know a great number of people in the fan base. Understandably, you know Collins having been a, a draft pick, a popular player, a good player, an All Pro player in I believe it was 2016, it was not easy to let him go or to see him go, especially since he wound up you know, with the Washington Redskins in the NFC East. You know, Mara said basically, he said bluntly that it killed him to to watch Landon Collins leave. It said it hurt him greatly to see Collins, you know, go to another team. But what he, you know, what it came down to was the simple idea that the Washington Redskins made Landon Collins the richest safety in football history at this point. The Giants simply weren't willing to go to that extent. He's, you know, Mara said they simply put a value on Landon Collins and that they weren't comfortable going to that level. He said that they were simply unwilling to live with going to that extreme you know, $14 million a year or whatever it was going to take. That's what he got from Washington. They simply weren't willing to go there for Landon Collins. They made that decision, and they'll move forward from it. We'll see if Jabril Peppers can fill those shoes. We'll see if Antoine Bethea has enough left to give them a year at free safety, you know, and perhaps they'll draft another a young free safety to uh, – to learn behind Bethea in uh, 2019. Again, in a vacuum, you don't like losing Landon Collins. Giants ownership doesn't like losing Collins either, but you, you make decisions, you place value on players, and that, to be honest with you, is one of the things that the New England Patriots have done incredibly well over the years. They have not overpaid to keep players. They place a value on a guy. They use the player during the duration of his contract. When his free agency time comes, if teams are willing to overpay for a player, 
then the Patriots trust their scouting. They trust their development people. They trust their own ability to find players who can replace the ones that they're losing. You know, the Giants signed a few years ago. They signed Shane Vereen as a running back. The Patriots simply replaced him with Deion Lewis and James White. The Giants signed Nate Solder to play left tackle. The Patriots replaced him for a year with Trent Brown at, you know, a cost significantly lower than what the Giants are paying for Nate Solder. Now that uh, Trent Brown has moved on, getting a mega contract, I believe, from the Oakland Raiders, the Patriots will simply turn to a 2017 draft choice, excuse me, a 2018 draft choice in Isaiah Wynn, you know, who missed last season with an injury, and, and they'll fill that spot, and most likely they'll be just fine. You know, it's a model that that to me, I think NFL teams haven't gone to school on well enough. I think it's something that that the Giants are trying to do here, not overpay for individual players, try to to build a roster, you know, without being top heavy on you know, on a couple of, of salaries here and there. And again, I think as I keep saying, keep indicating at Big Blue View and here on Big Blue View Radio, we know at this point, I think we know what the Giants are trying to accomplish. We'll just have to see if they're able to do it. If they are able to do it, you know, then that's fantastic. If they are not able to do it over the next couple of years, then I'm sure that what you're going to see are different decision makers put in place. I guess that's the other thing we have to talk about or um, the, the next topic we should get to is the, uh, the plan that the Giants have. Um, that is something that's been greatly debated whether the Giants have a plan because they seem to be veering back and forth between rebuilding, trying to win now, those kinds of things, you know, bringing in young players, bringing in older players. Dave Gettleman said last week the plan is to build. He got kind of uh he he got a little defensive in talking about it and saying that look, he said you can you can win games while you build a roster. That is what he's trying to do. They're trying to win as much as they can now while they build a roster for the future. Gettleman has used the phrase, you know, trying to set the Giants up for sustained success. And, you know, John Mara spoke about that yesterday as well. He spoke about about the plan and, and, you know, he said that, of course, the Giants would like to make the playoffs. He said the direction, you know, from ownership to Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer is build the team, not rebuild the team, not tear it down, make it better. So, this is what the Giants are trying to do. They're not trying to to tear the thing down. You know, and Mara said you know, on Sunday evening, he said he understands that it can be seen as conflict. You know, are the Giants trying to rebuild? Are they trying to win now? He said basically they're trying to do both. He said we are trying to build a team and still trying to remain as competitive as possible. So it's a two-headed thing that they're trying to do. 
Some teams do this. You know, some teams go into full teardown mode. The Giants have pretty much torn this roster apart. And, you know, people question, though, some of the veteran signings that they that they have uh, that they have made over the past couple of years. Jonathan Stewart, Patrick Omame last year, even this year, bringing in, you know, a 35 year old safety in Antoine Bethea, a 31 year old wide receiver in Golden Tate. You know, even Nate Solder with the big contract, who's a, you know, a, a, a seven or eight year veteran, a guy who's uh, who's on the uh who's probably on the back half of his NFL career. I think that what I've come to realize with the Giants is that they are very, very much sold on the idea that having veteran leadership is important. I think that if Gettleman had his way, there would be at least one solid veteran leader, a guy that's played on winning teams, you know, a guy who has been a quality player, you know, for a number of years at his position. I think there would be at least one of those type of players in each position group. A Golden Tate with the receivers, Bethea with the safeties. There would be one in the cornerback room. Maybe you want to say Janoris Jenkins is that guy already. There would be, you know, one in the defensive line room. There would be there's Nate Solder with the you know, with the offensive lineman last year. There was Jonathan Stewart with the running backs. I think that the Giants believe that those veteran leaders who can help the younger players to learn what the NFL is, what it's all about, how to study, how to take care of your body, how to be a pro. I think they believe that that is important to building the roster and building the team that they are trying to get to here in the long run. You know, again, we'll just, uh, there's no answer to whether it's all going to work. We don't know. We have to see. And I think that, you know, the, the results will tell us if it works or not. If the Giants continue to improve in 2019, if they're winning in 2020, if they have their quarterback of the future, they're happy with the guy that they have. He looks like he'll be a successful NFL player. Then we'll know that the pieces are in place and that what the Giants are trying to do is working. If those pieces aren't in place, if the Giants are still stuck in 3-4-5 win mode, then we'll know it's not working and most likely we're going to have new decision makers put in place. Giants fans, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors then we'll come back and we will address one more topic that uh, John Mara and Steve Tisch spoke about Sunday night. And that is the topic of why Eli Manning remains the quarterback of the New York Giants. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two 
200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. I'm your host, Ed Valentine, and we are continuing to discuss some of the remarks made Sunday night at the NFL owners' meetings by Giants co-owners John Mara and Steve Tisch. And of course, you know, one of the primary topics of conversation with the Giants is always Eli Manning. I, I sort of kiddingly say that it's been that way ever since we began at BigBlueView.com back in February of 2007. I mean, shoot, our first, very first post at Big Blue View was about Eli Manning. So we have been arguing about what Eli Manning is and what Eli Manning isn't and whether he should or should not be the quarterback of the New York Giants. We've been arguing about that for 12 years now. And Giants fans were arguing about that long before Big Blue View came into existence. So it's it's been an ongoing argument. And it's really interesting, you know, for a guy who's accomplished what he's accomplished with two Super Bowls, considered the best quarterback in franchise history. When I had Carl Banks on the show the other day, you know, Carl was basically incredulous at the the narrative and about the the faction of the fan base that has turned so vehemently on Manning, you know, a guy that won them two Super Bowls guy who has you know a place in franchise history as one of the greatest giants of all time and and, and I get where Carl's coming from but I also get the frustration of Giants fans because the Giants fans want results on the field and when they look at it Eli Manning has been the guy who has who is still there who has been with the Giants through all of the struggle. I wrote the other day, sometimes during all of that struggle, he's played well. Sometimes he hasn't played well. Over the years, I have consistently said that whatever Eli Manning is, and believe me, sometimes he, sometimes over the years, he's looked like an elite quarterback, and other times through the years, I've I've written at Big Blue View that sometimes he looks like the kid playing quarterback at for the high school JV, you know, making some of the some of the decisions that that he occasionally makes, some of the uh, the goofy looking fumbles that that happen on occasion. 
you know, but all in all, I think that when Eli Manning came to the Giants, I think everyone would take two Super Bowl titles and would take, you know, the uh the career accomplishments of Eli Manning and, and would have been happy, you know, to get to 2019 and with and see the body of work over the years that he has put together. With that said, you know, people have have uh been waiting for a couple of years now for the Giants to move on from Manning to find his successor. And Mara was asked at the NFL owners meeting if sentiment, if his feelings for Manning have affected how the Giants have treated the quarterback over the past couple of years. And he said that that really gets under my skin he called that idea absolute nonsense. Said, do I feel a sort of sentimentality towards Eli? Of course I do. Would I ever let that get in the way of making a football decision? Absolutely not. I cannot believe that some of you write that. I would never tell a coach or a GM that we have to keep this guy because we love him and because he has done so much for the franchise. Make a football decision based on whether or not you think he can play or not. If you think he can and you have a conviction or the coach have a conviction, that's fine. I will never interfere with that based on my sentiment with a player. So whether you believe that or not, you know, the, the folks who were there said that he was very animated in making that remark. Um, that is where that stands. The Giants, from ownership through the general manager and the head coach, continue to believe that Eli Manning can play NFL quarterback at a winning level. They continue to believe that what they saw at the end of last season shows them that they can play good offense with him at quarterback. They do recognize that they need to find a successor for him. They do recognize that time is short. You know, Mara also on Sunday said that he would very much like it if the Giants were able to find that quarterback of the future in the upcoming draft. That is also something that GM Dave Gettleman has said. But again, as Mara said, they're not going to force it. If the value is there, they will make the move. If it is not, they won't. I think they would... You know, if all things are equal or close to equal, I think they'll take a quarterback if they absolutely can. If not, then they'll move they'll move ahead and you know and make that move in two thousand twenty. You know, they wouldn't you know, Mara and Tish would not close the door absolutely on Eli being back and being their quarterback next season. And while that may upset or concern some people it may not come down the road. That may or may not happen. But there's absolutely no reason for the Giants to close that door right now when they don't have the successor in place. Perhaps, you know, you, you get that guy in the draft, whether it's Dwayne Haskins or Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or Will Greer, if they, you know, if they think one of those guys, you know, can can fill that role. Um you know, and they look at that for a year and see if they believe that that was the right choice. 
And then maybe, you know, maybe in 2020, you know, they move on from Eli. Maybe they're unable to to uh, to find that successor in this draft and, and have to continue with Eli for one more year and go into next year and find that successor. That, But the time when Eli won't be the Giants quarterback is coming. Everyone understands that. And the Giants, whether you believe them or not, are continuing to say and continuing to believe that they can still play good football with Eli at quarterback. And and as I keep saying, right now as we sit here in March, I can't tell you that they're right. I can't tell you that they're wrong. The games begin to be played in September, and we'll find out. All right, Giants fans, um, with that said, I think we will begin to wrap up our show for today. A reminder that, you know, we've been talking about quarterbacks a little bit uh, over the last week or so. We had the pro days for Kyler Murray of Oklahoma, Drew Locke of Missouri, Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State. Particularly last week, there was a ton of discussion about quarterbacks On Tuesday, Daniel Jones of Duke will have his pro day. That's the last of the big four quarterbacks who will have a pro day. Big five, if you want to consider Will Greer of West Virginia, part of that discussion. After that, once the pro days wrap up, you know, will come all of the uh, the 30 uh, team visits. I'm sure that the Giants will have a lot of the quarterbacks in. And, you know, get to know them a little bit better. Perhaps uh, some of uh, those visits will help the Giants make their decision. Just wanted to remind you, please, you know, check BigBlueView.com for our coverage of the Duke Pro Day. Um, Check our podcast homepage. We've had a couple of of podcasts discussing um, Daniel Jones and his possibilities as an NFL quarterback. So look for those, Uh, you know, those are still valid at this point as far as if you want some information about the young man. So give those a listen. Uh, Please remember, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Uh, If you have questions for us, email them to bigblueview at gmail.com or send them to the Big Blue View inbox on twitter using the hashtag bbv mailbag all right thank you giants fans and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye